0: Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right into today's message. Are you excited to be a part of that church and that body of Christ? I love that. I love that. that it says that he will, he, God, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you need to find shelter in the middle of a storm, get to the one thing that cannot be moved, and that is the church. That's the body of Christ. Not an not old Walmart building, but the people around you, that is the body of Christ. Bring me down just a little bit because I feel like I'm facing the scene. I'll fly away. <laughs> and I may. <laughs> Because I I feel like it's going to be one of those Sundays. Every Sunday is one of those Sundays. Amen, church? There is no greater time in history to be a part of the church. Let me say that again. There is no time in past or or what just happened yesterday. There is no greater time than right now to be a part of the body of Christ. If you believe it, say amen. amen. And, you know, I've been around ministry a lot. Um, pretty much most of my life. That doesn't mean that I always did everything that ministry would approve of, hello. And so I've been around ministry a lot. I've been around a lot of things in ministry and experienced a lot of moments, but nothing compares to what God is doing inside of this family right now. Nothing compares. I've seen a lot of great moves of God. I've seen a lot of great things. I've been around a lot of ministry and, and, and mighty men and women of God. But nothing compares to what I'm seeing happening in your lives and in your homes as we speak. I mean, where else can you go and you get somebody who comes up to take tithes and offering and he gives you a, gives you a nugget on how to sh- sh- shave off 11 years of your mortgage. Hello. Some of y'all are like, no, I'm going to take the next one. What was the next route? It was not 11 years, but it's adding on a percentage. I mean, listen, where else can you go? We're not just, it's not just about building a building. We're talking about building you positioning you and helps position us so we can reach the lost. I'm just telling you what is happening in this building and in your lives is incredible. And I'm so grateful to be a part of it with you today. If you believe that and that's your prayer, say amen. amen. So welcome to church this morning, I'm so glad that you're here. I've titled today's talk simply this, and I encourage you to take some notes uh, today. This is going to be a two-part series. As I begin working through this, I saw that there's going to be a lot. Today is going to be more of a teaching, uh, more than preaching, because I just really believe that there's some things that we need to learn. Everybody, say learn. And and the the thing you need to come to grips with is you don't know everything. I don't know everything. I always want to be a student of God's word. I always want to be a student of life, and I want to pattern my life according to what his will is for my life. So I've titled today's talk simply this. When life gets tough, when life... Anybody ever felt like that guy or that lady? I don't even know who's under the water, but have you ever felt like the only thing that's that's able to say, hey, I'm right here, is a hand? Anybody? Huh? And so... But the question that I really wanna ask is this, what do we do, what do you do, what do I do when life gets tough? What do we do when marriage gets tough? Let that settle in right there. Let the air come back in the room. I saw some of y'all just, it's getting tight, yeah. What do we do when doing family? What, what do we do when family life gets tough? You know, the, the nine-to-five job, how many knows that not everybody has a nine-to-five job? Sometimes you're working 12, 14, 16-hour days. Come on, somebody. What do you do when you're both, 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 both parties in the, in, the, in the union are gone all day? What do you do when you're expecting some, some, who's cooking tonight, right? What do you do when life gets crazy? What do you do when raising teenagers gets crazy? We're we're down the home stretch. We had three amazing, beautiful girls. We're down we're down the home stretch uh, of of that. But what do you do when when you got three strong willed, beautiful girls in your house, and you're the only man in there, other than the two dogs in the house, and it's just the three of you? Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, you cry out to Jesus. How, how, should, how should being a Christian? Let me just, let's just, let's just talk, talk real talk. How should being a Christian change our response to losing something, losing a loved one through death, or, or losing our job? What should our response What should it be? What do we do when life gets tough? I'm so glad you're here today because I believe this message is for you. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, say, this might be for you, but it's also definitely for me. Tell somebody say it might it, it might be for you but it's going to be definitely be for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to start today's talk by making this statement. God is not through writing your story. God is not through writing your story. You see, I believe that God is a God of restoration. I believe he's also a God of the resurrection. We, we know that, right? Easter's right around the corner. So if you have some areas in your life that, that seem to be dead, He is also the God of resurrection. He can resurrect that. He can resurrect that marriage. Hello? He's a God of recovery. He's a God of second chances, third chances. I could, I could go down the line of how many chances I've had, and we would be here all day. Anybody else? He's a God of recovery. He is also a God that, wor- that wants to work in your future. And I'm not going to dive into this portion today, but I will say this. He's a God that wants to work in your future, and he's not concerned about what you look like in your past. Your past is not a prediction of your future. Hello, church. Something that we've said around here for a long time, and and it's this. We want to cultivate a culture and a mindset that refuses to settle for what was. Or let me say it this way, we, we refuse to settle and stay stuck with what has always been. Earlier this week, I was reading Psalms chapter 27, and I just started declaring what David declared over his life. I started declaring it over my life and my home, and I started declaring it over yours. I just want to read it. It says this, uh, Psalms twenty-seven thirteen. yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. That means while you're still sucking air (laughs) and you're breathing, that's what he's saying. While I'm here, I don't want to get up there and and witness from the the balconies of heaven. I believe I'm going to see it in my lifetime. See, we didn't just purchase with cash 12 acres and I get stopped all the time. Hey, I got stopped this week about our 12 acres. Hey, I I saw y'all were moving some dirt around. What are y'all doing? I said, I'm just obeying God. When he says pull the trigger, we'll, we'll go. But I'm telling you, this pastor, I'm not going to say I'm in a hurry, but I'm ready. <laughs> and, and listen, I don't believe it that I was just a part of, 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 of uh, uh, facilitating that purchase and somebody else is going to carry the watch the building go up. I don't believe that. I believe in my lifetime. I don't even like to make that statement because I don't want somebody to, Then your mind to go, yeah, well, I wonder what the economy, who cares what the economy, uh, We put our, we put our finances in God's kingdom and we operate the way God says to operate. Right. See, because when you tithe in here, when you give your 10%, we do the same out of the ministry. We're giving to missions. I can't wait for Anthony Salgado, who we, who we um, support in the Dominican Republic to get back in the States so he can share. I mean, he sends me stuff all the time with pictures and hey, share this with the church. I'm like, bro, you just jump on a plane, you come over and you tell them, right? Let, 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 let's just get excited about what God is doing. So I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord while I am still here in the land of the living. Somebody shout out, I will see it too. Yes, sir, I believe that If you brought your Bibles, let's go to 1 Samuel It's in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 30 30, I'm going to read verses 6, 7, and 8 I'm going to kind of, this is kind of where we're going to land for This Sunday and next Sunday In regards to what do we do When life gets tough Anybody had a tough week this past week? Anybody want to just be honest up in church, tell the truth? Shame the devil (laughs) All the rest of y'all had a great week I need to come hang out with y'all I don't know what your week looked like. I don't know what the enemy has in store for you coming up this week. But I know that what you're getting ready to partake of is gonna help you overcome whatever it is. Whatever it is. Are you there yet? I was just giving you time to get there. First Samuel chapter 30, verse six says this. David was now in great danger. Everybody say great danger. Great danger. Because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk Of stoning him, have you ever had these? These were these were David's homies. Now these were these were six hundred of David's uh, of his troops, and 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 they had just just won a battle, and let me just keep on reading. We'll get there. It says, but David found strength in the Lord. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, "Bring me the ephod." So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, "Should I chase after this band of raiders?" Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. I'm just telling you, when God says, Whatever the thief has robbed of you, you will get it back. You can take that, that word to the bank. Amen. Now, it's pretty clear just from the story that we dived into. This is a story already in progress but that David's in a tough spot. It is important that that you understand, that we understand this, that God has called David to lead Israel. He's, He's anointed David to be king, but he ain't king yet because Saul is still in power. So David has been anointed to be king, but it's not time. Has anybody ever been there before where God spoke something over your life and said, you're going to do this, you're going to be that, And you had to wait. I'm going to bless you with this. I'm going to restore this to you. And you had to wait. Everybody say wait. Wait. Waiting is not fun. Uh Here's David. You're going to be the king. This is your kingdom. This is all belongs to you. But not yet. Can you imagine? That's like somebody saying I'm going to drop a million dollars in your account. But you got to wait 12 months to get it. I might, be, I might be bankrupt by 12 months. I might lose my life in 12 months. Well, where's your hope in? The million or the one who can give you so much more? So David is in a waiting season. He's in between who he is now and who he is becoming. See, there's an anointing on his life for leadership but he wasn't appointed yet. He has an assignment, but he hasn't been released to do it. I'm trying to set this up because I'm I'm pretty sure that you can can take some of this and apply it to your own life and and things that that you're walking through even now that you know you're supposed to be doing and you're ready, but God said, wait. See, you have to be anointed to do something before God appoints you to do it. Some people, some people never walk in their appointing because they haven't learned to steward their, the anointing. Can I say that again? Some people don't, even though God said, this is gonna be yours, he's waiting for you. He's waiting, honestly, he's waiting. There's something inside of you he's trying to develop. And, and we don't, some people never arrive, even though God said, I promised you this, but because we're ready to do it now instead of wait, we forfeit is this helping anybody today i told you this is this is teaching this is training ground today the reason the reason this is a problem for most people is because most people carry an anointing to lead but they try to bypass stewarding small before they lead big that's why i'm in i'm ready to move but i'm not in a hurry to move to the new property because I really believe, God, and I say this to our leadership team all the time, God is God is wanting to see how are we stewarding what we have. How are we? Stu- how how are we? How are we serving you? God can't. He can put us in a room that holds a thousand people, but if only 200, 200 people come, that or less, well, He wants to see. Will you what stu- Are you into big numbers? I'm not into a big church. I'm into reaching lots of people. It just so happens lots of people fill up big rooms. Because if that's not what we're about, then we're doing this for ourselves. And the Bible says the Lord builds the house. This is all about him for him. Nothing but him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, I wrote it down this way. Stewarding the anointing for the assignment prepares you for the weight that the assignment will require you to carry. Let me say it again. Stewarding the anointing for the assignment stewarding it preparing yourself it prepares you for the weight that the assignment will require you to carry where are you headed what are you doing how are you going to respond when life gets crazy this week how are you going to respond when your kids talk back today right after you get out of church too how are you going to respond listen If you're not prepared to carry the weight of the assignment, the weight of the assignment will crush you. So wait for the preparation to happen. Amen? Amen. Listen, this is what you got to do. You got to be willing to dream big, pray big, serve big, love big in a situation that is smaller than you. One more time. You've got to be willing to dream big, pray big, serve big, love big in a situation that's smaller than you. We got to learn to love people more, serve people more, continue to dream big even though we're in a room much smaller than where we're headed. Because I've said it before, this this is not the end. My God will... Finish what he started. I know my voice is not is not lovely these days, but it, the point is the word is still true. God will not; He will always finish what He starts, as long as you're yielded and surrendered. Everybody say, "Dream big, pray big, serve big, love big, go big or stay home." <laughs> and I choose to just do it big. Amen. See, Jesus modeled this. Jesus modeled this so well for us when he stood in a room with his disciples, and even though he knew all authority had been given to him, he didn't say, hey, guys, I have all authority. I I don't like being around those kind of people. Maybe you do. I mean, mean, maybe you do have the authority, right? But Jesus didn't say, I have all authority. You know what he did? He dropped to his knees, and he washed their feet. He He was serving big. I wrote this down. It, instead of exalting himself, he let the Father exalt him through the resurrection. You do understand that the resurrection was God's, was God's amen to everything that had happened. It is finished. So, to anyone in the room who is, feels called or has an anointing for any type of leadership capacity, hear this word from the Lord that he gave me this week. Yes, that's who God told you you are. When it's time, He will exalt you. This is what this is what I learned a long time ago. God doesn't exalt exalters. He exalts footwashers. God does not exalt those who are ready to be exalted. Come on, somebody. So what we see happening in this story with David is David is in a David's in a tough spot. He's in between who he is, and where he's going to be. He's been anointed, but he's waiting to be appointed. And while he's waiting, he faces the attack of the enemy. Everybody say, in the middle. It never fails. The enemy will always come at you when you're in the middle of something. Come on. When you're actually in the middle of trying to do something, the enemy comes. And also the enemy comes when you're in the middle or in between. You're not where you used to be. You're not where you want to be, but you're right here. And he tries to get you here because he knows if he can can stop you here, you're less of a threat over here. If he can get you to give up, I almost just went straight to the end of my nose. If he can get you to give up here, you're nothing. He can move on to the next person. He has no authority other than what we give him. Stop giving the devil authority in your home and in your life. The enemy, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. The enemy never attacks who you are, but he always attacks who you're becoming. That's what he's, that's what he's scared of. It's not, it's not who you are, it's who are you becoming. Listen, you may be in a tough season as we speak, but I believe that you're going to recover All. I'm not saying that because it felt good. I'm saying it because that's what the Spirit of the Lord just said. Whatever the devil has stolen for you, I believe as you as you fine-tune your life according to his word, he will allow you to recover all. All that will profit you, not what you don't need. There is a reason some things have been taken. See, 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 that's where we get it messed up. Oh, God, why'd you take it? Because you didn't need it. And I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes say this this week in a, in a, in a, in a, in a video clip. There's, listen, if it's not there, that means that God didn't need that to get you where he's trying to get you to. If it's not in your life, he doesn't need it. Matter of fact, God don't need nothing. Uh, Y'all don't have to clap. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. No, I'm serious, guys. We're like, but God, why did you take it from me? Because I didn't need that for you. But I loved him. I'm trying to add humor, but I'm talking real life stuff. And then we get mad at God and go, well, if I can't have him or if I can't have her, then you can't have me. Na, 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 nah. To God. No, I'm saying we may not physically do that, but we show it in our life. Tough seasons are not meant to break you; they're meant to build you. That's not in my notes, but that's what he just said. Tough seasons are not meant to break you; they're meant to build you. I feel the spirit of the Lord up in here, to y'all. I, don't, I can't even. I can't even. So David had and 600 of his men, had just, let's just show, show you what the story is about. He, just, he had 600 of his men, and they just won this battle. And when they returned to this, their city of Ziglag and discovered that the, in the enemy, while they were away, snuck in and burned their entire city to the ground and stole their wives and their children. That's why David's homies were like, we were praising you yesterday. You're going to be the king. And and Saul has has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. But then you let something happen, and they turned their back on him. So now David is in a tough spot. He needs a victory in this moment. This is where we we landed. He needs a victory in this moment to rebuild some clout with the people that is around him because they're ready to kill him. In order for him to step in to what God has prepared for him next, he needs needs to rebuild some confidence. So David is dealing with a a national pressure that everybody knows. He's he's dealing with this internal pressure. He's dealing with the spiritual pressure and all of these emotions. Listen, you got to understand, up until this moment, David was the man. He's anointed to be king. He's, he's the one that the people shouted, what I just saw, Saul, Saul has, has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. But now David is suffering great loss and he's having to learn how to deal with this moment. Maybe you're here today and you're in the middle of great loss, experiencing great loss. It feels like something's been taken from you. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a job it feels as if you're, you, you're just being destroyed and you don't know what you should do. For the remainder of the, of the moments that we have together this week and, and next Sunday, we're going to hone in on what David did. Not my opinion, because what I believe is if we will do what David did, we'll get what David got. Are you ready? Are you ready? What do we do? I'm going to give you the first one today. What do we do? When life gets tough, here it is. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sometimes life gets so crazy, hold on looks like this. Huh? But see, we we, we good if hold on looks like this. We good. But when hold on almost takes us out, that's when we hit the doors of the church and say, God, I told you, I told you, if you keep making it hard, I'm done. Well, somebody needs to go back and hear this again. The hardness that you're going through, the toughness that you're going through, is not designed to break you, it's designed to build you, but you gave up too soon because you didn't like the way it made you feel. We just read it in 1 Samuel, it said that David found his strength. We're talking about hold on. Listen, if you'll just hold on, God will renew to to you, give you back what the enemy has stolen if you need it. David returns home to find his entire city, his home completely destroyed by fire. And he decides to do one thing that he's always done. And the one thing that you and I need to, to do and be consistent at is get alone with God. Get alone with God. It's going to be more than just popping up the little app on your your phone, the little Bible app, what's the reading for the day. Sometimes you're going to need more than just the four verses a day so that you can get through the year reading plan. Hello, church. Sometimes you got to get a hold of God. I can't remember who it was but in the Old Testament, but they said, I'm going to get a hold of God, and I'm not letting go until I get what I want. But your want, see, I didn't like the way that sounded. That's what he said, but I like this better. I'm not letting go until I get what you want for me. See, because the closer that I get to God, it changes what I think I need. You might not think you need him anymore. Hello. Back to the lady who's crying. Sir, you may not, you She may, the one that God has for you may look different than the one you thought he had for you. Now, if you're married, because some of you are always looking for an out, what a pastor said, you don't look like, no, 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 no. If you're married, she's the one. Hello. I'm not trying to help nobody. But I am available for premarital counseling. I mean, uh, 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 marriage counseling. Premarriage is where you start. <clears throat> this word strengthen when it said that he got along with God and he found strength in God this word strengthen literally means to hold on it means to press in it literally means to be restored David held on to God found strength and re- his mind was renewed see holding, holding on to God and, and sometimes it, honest, to, honest to God it does look like this You are just, but holding on to God listen it's a faith move It's a faith move because nothing looks like it's going to turn around. But you said, I'm standing my ground and I'm holding on. It's saying, God, change me before you change my situation. Because that's really what God's trying to do. He can go poof and your situation change. But he's trying to do the change in you. See, We want to see change and restoration happen on the outside. We want to see God change everybody else. We want to see God change our spouse. We want to see God change our circumstances. Come on, somebody. Because we think that if it happens outside, then whatever this is happening, change, it'll change me. It doesn't work that way. See, God works, this is what bothers religious people in the church. God works from the inside out. When he gets saved, he's not worried about your exterior issues. Those will come with time. But he wants to make, he's going straight to the heart of the matter. And that's your soul. Because change and restoration actually starts on the inside. Because, because listen, if, if, if you stay sick and you walk into a healthy situation you will make that situation sick because we are contagious people huh cuz you'll contaminate it listen faith is contagious doubt is contagious joy is contagious fear is contagious love is contagious being petty mike check is this thing on being petty in church is contagious Speaking life is contagious. Gossip, making sure you're still on, is contagious. David was saying, before I see restoration, I'm going to be restored. I'm holding on. God, change me. Restore me. I'm not worried about this house and all this stuff. Can I tell you when you need to hold on? You ready? You know when you need to hold on? When you want to let go when you want to let go that's when you that that, that's that's when that's when you hold on when you want to walk out the door because he's left the trash stay in there all week you mean tell me somebody would leave their husband because of the trash listen it wasn't just the trash they've been keeping a list checking it twice i'm gonna tell you you've been naughty not nice Listen, the enemy will use the stupidest stuff to bust up your home. He's not trying to get y'all to argue on the way to church about where we're going to eat at. He's trying to destroy your marriage. So, 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 so when you want to let go of it, that's when you need to hold on to it. It was Martin Luther King Jr. who said these words. The ultimate measure of a man is where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. When you want to pull back, when you want to run away and isolate, I'm going back to the last two weeks, stay, press in, and hold on. Oh, let me give you one more quote. Many of life's failures are people who didn't realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Who said it? Thomas Edison. Imagine if he gave up. Where would we be? something I learned a long time ago about pressure and when the enemy is coming at you, when you really at that point of, when, when it gets to this, that, uh, okay, but when you're really holding on like for dear life, your breakthrough is literally on just on the other side of that. The pressure is at its greatest. Where are all my pregnant ladies at who have had babies? The pressure is the greatest before the delivery. That's why I know <coughs> I am confident that God is getting ready to do something because the pressure has been great. Can you imagine a pregnant woman getting all the way to whatever the dilation is? At the, at the, I don't remember; it's been so long. At the very end, whatever that that last is, can you imagine her sitting up and going, "No, nope, I'm done. We out." And and hold it in and give up. I might have been too graphic. But we do it. We do it. We do it. The pressure is too great. I quit. And you run the risk of killing the gift. Because then you're going to be in a place where nobody can help you. You were in a place where everybody in the room was skilled. All the tools were there. I know that people give birth at home and all that. But I'm telling you, when you're in a place and you're being provided, what's supposed to be there to help you give birth to what's inside of you. And now I'm not talking about babies. And you remove yourself. And now you've isolated yourself. And it will destroy and potentially kill you and the gift. Before we conclude with part one, let me give you three things that you hold on to. I'm gonna, through this two part series, I'm gonna give you three things that we're to do when life gets tough. The first one is hold on. But from hold on, I wanna give you three things in the last remaining moments that we have that we are to hold on to. The first one should be no surprise, hold on to Jesus. Somebody say, hold on to God. Sometimes you got to hold on to God like it's the only thing that matters. Because let's just be honest, it should be the only thing that matters. Let's just be honest. When we go through a rough time, I've already, I've already demonstrated it. What's the very first thing we typically let go of when we go through a rough time? Oh, I'm just being, I'm, I'm keeping it real. The very first thing we typically let go of is God. Because, well, God, if you love me, why would, you, why would you allow me to go through this? Well, you got the first part right. He allowed you to. That's the first part. You got that right. Because there is nothing that has creeped up on us, nothing that has ransacked us that he didn't know was coming and that he wasn't aware of. But he knows what he's put inside of you that can actually sustain you if you'll tap into it and stop opening Facebook. Because you won't find the answers there. You'll find up all kinds of conjured up stories. Let me say this. If you're going through a significant season, it's going to take significant seeking. I'm going back to what I said, that you're going to have to get alone and get with God in order to get through this. It's going to take more than just your one verse a day Bible app. Check, I did it. That means you you read the same scripture I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, who strengthened you. Keep reading it over and over and over until your faith gets built. You find that elevation worship, or you that Bill and Gloria, the Bill and Gloria uh, 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 Gaither, um, uh, him, whatever, whatever it is that you get the goosebumps. You get that in your car. You play it over and over and over till every goosebump in your arm says, "Okay, I quit. I give up." You got me. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. You you just keep playing it over and over until the goosebumps stop that until you get it. Find something and hold on to it. That's Jesus. It's, 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 it's holding on to God until I get my breakthrough. Number two, hold on to God, hold on to Jesus. Number two, hold on to community. And I'm referring to the people in this room, not in the community. Hold on to this community in here. Because if you're in here, we love you. If you're in here, you're cared about. If you're in this room, you're valued. I'm not saying that if, if you go to another church, you're not valued. What I'm saying is we see value in you because we see the deposits that Jesus is making into your life. Hold on to community. David had no one except for a few priests because all of the rest of his men were trying to kill him. Let me give you this side note. Never make a decision based on your grieving. Never make a decision based on your grief. These men were making a decision just days ago. They were saying, you're the anointed king. And now we're going to kill you. We're, we're with you, but now we're going to kill you. Now we want to stone you to death. Because you led us away from our home to defend our home. And, and all everything is gone. Our wives are gone. Our kids are gone. Don't make a decision when you're afraid. Don't make a decision when you're under pressure. When somebody comes at you and goes, I, Well, I need an answer in the next two days. No, you don't. Then my answer is no. I learned th- these are these are basics that I learned from my dad growing up. Yeah, but brother, God's in a hurry. No, God's not in a hurry. God is ageless and he's timeless. But God's on a, he's on a prophetic time clock. No, he's not. He's God. He can change whatever he wants to. I believe that he's trying to give each one of us as much opportunity as we have to recognize that without him we are nothing, and with Jesus we can have everything. God's not in a hurry. So don't let some Christian brother, well, I, I, I need you to pray about it, but I need you to pray fast. Well, then my answer is no. Just did it. You told me to pray fast, there's your answer no. Listen, God is outside of time and space. That means He is not in a hurry. I am not saying that the signs are not pointing, that His return is not near. Hear me, I I see it too. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I am saying is the moment that man says this will be the day, you can guarantee, mark it off the clock, calendar, that will not be the day because the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour of his return. And matter of fact, I'm not interested. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to reach and uplift and give hope to as many people as I can before they go under, like the dude right there with his hand up. There are Sundays that I come in and I see people that, that, that yeah, they may be worshiping like this, but I can actually see in the spirit water that they're underwater and they're really trying to get out. Is there anybody in this room who has felt that way at some point? God, I'm trying to worship, but I can't breathe. This week you're going to have, I'm just telling you, you will possibly have one of those moments where you can't, you hold on with everything you've got. One of the greatest positions that you can be in is on your knees because when you're on your feet, you're more likely to walk away. So when trouble comes, hit your knees because you're not going to be able to change directions as fast from this position. Hang on to Community. This is why our, our groups are so important. Can I just say this is the largest semester of, of our group participants we've ever had. We, all, we started out saying, I think, five to ten, and we did that. And I remember coming out after the first Sunday, looking at the list, and some of y'all got real creative and went 11 line, 12 line, and added to the group. That's great! And it was almost every group grew more than what we saw. That's because you see, you see the importance of community and being together. So hold on to community. In closing, I'm, I'm gonna come down. I'm gonna come. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the plane down. Oh, oh! I gotta say this: be careful, be careful with people who only seem to show up when you're winning. Again, I'm talking about. David's guys, they was all about David when they was winning. When they came home and saw they lost, kill him. Be, be very careful with people who only show up when you're winning. What's the old saying? When people show you who they are, believe them. And you want to know who they are? Just listen. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in here comes out here. And when they show you who they are, believe them. Trying to help somebody. And number three, hold on to the future. When God has shown you where you're headed, hold on to God, hold on to a community that believes you, surrounding you, to help supporting you to get there to where? To your future. I find it amazing that in this story, the enemy did not kill. Listen, they did not kill the wives and kids. But it is custom. In this day, when you came in and took possession, you killed everyone there except the king. Why? Because the king was then as a trophy. We conquered this city and here's their king. But they didn't kill. Listen, they did not kill the wives and the children. John 10 10 says that tells us that the thief's main purpose and objective is to kill, steal, kill and to destroy. If you're not careful, you'll get content with the fact that the devil hasn't killed you or destroyed you and you'll allow him to steal from you. Did you hear me? Many in the church well, he hasn't killed me and I'm still, I'm not destroyed but he's killing you killing you softly. Y'all remember that song? Killing me softly and I believe I said it earlier the reason he, I, don't, I can't remember if I said it but I'm going to say it again, just in case. The reason that he doesn't come in and attack harshly is because you'll recognize him and you'll say, that's the devil, and you'll and you'll resist him. And the Bible says when you resist the devil, he'll flee. But if he can if he can just continue to jab, jab, create doubt. It, it, slowly. Little by little, little by little, and he can get you to turn around and walk the other way, and you never even recognized it. But when you're holding on to God, he's your source. When you're holding on to a community, they're going to keep you in check. And when you hold on to your future, the devil cannot get to you. He he can get to you, but he can't. What's that old song? I will, I will, I will not be moved. I will, I will, I will not be moved. little VBS, Vacation Bible School. So so, so don't misunderstand and think just because you hold on to God and and you hold on to community and you hold on to your future that the enemy's not coming knocking on your door. You just become the threat. Oh, he's going to knock. But when you're doing those three effectively, he can't touch you. Basically, what he's trying to get you to do is bleed out slowly. That's why he attacks just little by little. Don't let the devil steal from you. Instead of the worship team, instead of them coming up, Adam, I'm gonna get you to come close, and we'll, we'll probably do that new song next week. Instead of closing out with it, did y'all like that new song? This is our God. At the beginning of service, that is Phil Wickham. Uh, you can listen to that throughout the week. It's a really a great song. I want to I want to leave you with this as Adam's coming. John 16, 31 through 33. Jesus answered them and says, "Do you finally do you finally believe? In fact." You're about to make a run for it. Saving your own skins and abandoning me. But I'm not, but I am not abandoned. The Father is with me. I've told you all of this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I've conquered The world. This is Jesus to you. You may face some tough things this week. Totally unexpected. Something's going to catch you off guard. But remember what I said. It's not catching God off guard. He just told us in his word. He wants, when we look to him, we become unshakable, unmovable, and full of peace. What's my prayer for you this week? Is that you would hold on to God. That you would hold on to community. What we have right here is precious. I'm telling you. Man, tell four or five people before you walk out the door today. The people that you sit next to. Man, say, I appreciate you. Man, build build people up. Just real quick. Has anybody anybody took the challenge from uh, last week? And, and asked um, a waitress or a waiter, could you pray with them? Has anybody done that yet? Has anybody done that? Were y'all here last week? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm talking about make, I'm talking about making an impact in people's lives, man. I guarantee you the lady that's going to wait on you at that restaurant or that or that guy busting tables? I guarantee you they're facing something they're hurting and nobody knows. Plant a seed in somebody today. I'm just trying to challenge you. Hold on to God. Hold on to community and know that God has great plans for your life and hold on to that knowledge of that confidently and that's your future. Amen. I love you. And I'm excited about what God is doing in your life. The best is yet to come. Amen. 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 Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best (laughs) is yet to come.